1 John 3, 20. It says, for if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. Somebody say, God is greater than my heart. And God knows and knows all things. Now turn to Jonah chapter number 4. Jonah chapter number 4. Uh, we're going to read this. It says, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was not, I'm sorry, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, who relents from doing harm. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me. For it is better for me to die than to live. Then the Lord said, is it right for you to be angry? Today I'm going to talk to you on a subject and we're going to, I believe that this is going to be a, a, a sermon uh, that is going to catapult you in every area of your life. But particularly, I believe it's going to catapult your relationships. I believe that it's going to push your faith. Um, and I believe that God is going to take us to another level, but there's some things we got to deal with before we get there. So I want you to say this with me. Following faith heals our fields. A lot of the kids today, they always talk about they're all in their fields. Kids always talk about they're in their fields. They're in their fields. I think that means their feelings. I'm hoping that means their feelings. Uh, following faith heals our feels. God, I thank you today for your word. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds. Touch our emotions. Touch our, our, our faith. Increase it, Father. Bless each home. God, strengthen each relationship. Strengthen each family. Whether it's a, a complete uh, husband, wife, and children family, or it's a husband and kids family, or a father and kids family, or a mother and kids family, or if it's just a single home. Father, bless each house. Bless each house. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, you can have your seats where you are. First John 3.20 says, For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Albert Einstein said, Condemnation without investigation is the biggest form or the biggest, greatest height of ignorance. Condemnation without investigation is the height of ignorance. That's Albert Einstein. I was going to title this message. I, I, I was really excited about this message. I really am. Um, about, you know, following faith heals our feels, but I was really close to titling this message, Messy Methods Bring Meaningful Miracles. Somebody say that with me. Say, Messy Methods Bring Meaningful Miracles. I believe that God is going to start strategically putting opportunities in front of each one of us to uh, walk in faith, to believe for crazy crazy, crazy miracles, to expect miracles, to live miracles. I believe this is the season where God says, your miracle is coming your way. And, 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 and one of the things that I believe keeps miracles from happening in our life is our feelings. 
I believe that oftentimes we see our feelings as an indication of God's power, of God's mercy, and God's grace. We, we feel like God won't do something, or we feel like God can't do something, or we feel like it's just too big for God to even deal with, or we feel like it's too small for God to deal with. Have you ever felt uh, like doing something, but you didn't do it? Or have you ever felt like not doing something and you did it? See, see, the thing I've learned is feelings, moods, and attitudes, they change depending on the time of day that we're in. Feelings, moods, and attitudes change based on how long it's been since we had our last snack. How many in here ever been hangry? Hangry, right? Mm-hmm. Our feelings change based on the, I mean, our feelings, there's all these factors that, that change our feelings, and, and they, they change our moods. These factors change our attitudes, and, and, I, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again, that Satan uses our feelings to launch an all-out assault on our faith. Satan uses our feelings to launch an all-out assault of our faith. And so um, he causes us to feel a certain way. He influences our feelings in a certain direction, and it causes us to not expect or believe or get the miracles that God has in store for us. See, we, 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 we look at Jonah in, in, in chapter number 4, verse number 1, and it, and it opens up, man, and it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. And I begin to read backwards. I begin to read backwards and, and, and look at the, the life of Jonah. The, he's not very big in the scriptures. He only, he's only given four chapters out of the Bible that, that, that are dedicated to the life of Jonah. But I want to look back at Jonah 1, verse number 2. And we're going to walk to get, we're going to, you walk through the book of Jonah and get back to chapter number 4. Because I want to know what was he angry about? Why, why was it that, that in Jonah 4.1, it says, and it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry? Well, we know that in Jonah 1.1, that, 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 that God called Jonah. He said, hey, I want you to leave where you are. I want you to go. In, in verse number 2, it says, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out for it, for their wickedness has come up against me. Verse number 3 says, but Jonah arose to flee. Jonah arose and ran towards Tarshish. Scripture says he went down. Everybody say down. Mm-hmm. He went down to Joppa. He went down to Joppa. He went down to Joppa. Here's what I want you to kind of grab some points, and I'll, make, I'll highlight these for you. Um, when you pursue feelings, see, see, Jonah didn't feel like going to Tarshish. Jonah didn't feel like it was his job. He hadn't, didn't have this desire. It wasn't in his heart. Your heart is what houses your feelings. You know, you, you, when you have a feelings for somebody, your feelings resonate in your heart. And Jonah's heart uh, didn't feel like going to Tarshish. So the Bible says that he ran from God. Uh, he didn't want, feel like going to Nineveh, so the Bible says he ran towards Tarshish, and the Bible says he went down to Joppa. He didn't feel like going to Nineveh, so he went down to Joppa. If you're taking notes, when you pursue feelings over faith, 
They cause you to go down. When you pursue your feelings over faith, they cause you to go down to Joppa. Watch this. And found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare. Here's another point you might want to write down. When you are running from God, away from the call of God on your life, he had to pay a fare. Going in the wrong direction often costs us more than we want to pay. Well, he says he had to pay a fare when he went to Joppa. And so many times when we walk outside of the calling and the, the, the design and the destiny and the purpose of God, it often costs us money, costs us time, costs us relationship. Running with feelings, running with feelings being your fuel often costs you time, often costs you emotions, often causes you peace. And so we read that, and, and he goes down to Joppa, and it costs him something. Verse number four, put verse number four up there, and it says, but the Lord sent a great wind. Everybody say wind. It's God. I love God. Because God is, God is always trying to push us in the right direction. See, the wind, to me, is a warning. This is a warning, Jonah. You're going in the wrong direction. You jumped on a boat. You're headed the opposite way of where I told you to go. So I'm just going to send you a wind. And, and, and hopefully, hopefully, the wind will get your attention. But it don't. And there was a mighty tempest on the sea. He said, the wind was a warning. The storm was a consequence. I say this all the time. There's a high price for low living. There is a high price for low living. The wind was a warning. He's like, hey, Jonah, you're going the wrong direction. You're going to keep on going? Here comes a storm. Here's, here's what I want you to maybe take a mental note. Oftentimes, God will speak to us through, through people. He'll speak to us through his word. He'll speak to us through church sermons. He'll speak to us through in our quiet time in prayer. But if we ignore and run opposite from him, his only resort left is to speak to us through our situations. Have you ever had God speak to you through your situations? Mm -hmm. He speaks to us through our situations. Verse number five, it says the sailors start throwing their stuff over. You know, they were afraid and they threw their cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. They begin to throw over their valuables. They, they, they begin to throw over the things of value. They begin to throw over their values. When you start throwing your values overboard to keep somebody on your boat, you might want to start asking yourself, how much am I willing to lose to keep them with me? They threw over their values. They threw over, they, you know, well, it's just how it is. It's just how society is. It's just how the culture is today. And little by little, they start throwing values overboard to make people that are on their board comfortable. Mm. But where's Jonah? But Jonah had gone down into the lowest part of the ship and laid down and was fast asleep. Number two, if you're taking notes, when your mind is governed by your feelings, you become oblivious to the impact of your decisions on others. <laughs> when you are feeling led, like your feelings lead you everywhere you go, 
you don't even know how much pain you're putting other people in. Yeah, and you don't even care how much pain you're putting people in. Yes, I do care. No, you don't. Or you wouldn't be putting them through it. When we are led by our feelings, we date the wrong people. We bring the wrong people into our house. When we are led by our feelings, we take the wrong jobs. When we are led by our feelings, we, 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 we inject ourselves in the wrong circles. And when we, begin, when we are in our feelings, we do what pleases the flesh. The feelings, are, the feelings govern the flesh. And when the feelings govern the flesh, we satisfy our flesh and not our spirit. But the consequence of satisfying our flesh is that we impact people around us and we don't even care about it we don't care about them because I got to do Jonah's asleep in the boat while he's asleep these people are throwing their valuables over you've got to be weary and concerned when people start losing things because of our feelings mm -hmm. your feelings affect your family whether your family is you and, and a great big family or is you and the kids or your family is you and your pet, your, fam, your feelings affect your family. And when you satisfy your feelings and you put your faith aside to pursue your feelings, then you start affecting the family. So these people start working, man. They're working hard to clean up a mess that Jonah made. The storm was sent to get Jonah, but these people start working to clean up the mess for him. And Jonah is unaware, and Jonah is unappreciative of everything that they're doing. And so it goes on. You know the story. They start throwing stuff over, and then verse number 12 comes. Verse number 12 says, and he said to them, they cast lots, and they said, all right, Jonah, you're the reason why this storm is. And Jonah's like, yeah, I'm a Hebrew. I'm running from God. Verse number 12 and he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea, and there will be a great calm for you. My question here, Jonah, he was able to go down to Joppa. He was able to pay the fare to get on the boat. He was able to get on the boat. He was able to go down into the inner parts of the boat and fall asleep. But when it came time to make a difference, Jonah says, Y'all pick me up. I'm a well-abled man, and if I really cared about you, I would probably just jump off on my own. But here's, if you're taking notes, here's number three. Here's number three. When a, when a person's mind is governed by their feelings, they expect others to do for them what they're able to do on their own. When people's mind is governed by their feelings, when their actions are governed by their feelings, they want everyone else to put the work in while they just sit back and say, well, can you just throw me overboard? Can you spot me $10? <laughs> Verse number 13. I'm trying to rush through this because I got to get to the end. Verse number 13, it says, nevertheless, the men rode harder to land. Jonah's like, hey, y'all, you pick me up. You throw me over. I ain't going to put no effort into changing the situation. And they were like, here's what they said. Nah, we'll just roll harder. Knowing the problem but refusing to deal with it will cause you to work harder at everything you do. Until we deal with the elephants in the room, 
we will continually labor and toil and work harder for everything that we do. But verse number 15 comes. They finally get sick and tired of carrying Jonah. Verse number 15 says, so they picked up Jonah. They still had to pick him up. They picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from raging. But here's what I love about God. Verse number 17. Let's hang out here for a little bit. Verse number 17. Now the Lord had prepared. Everybody say prepared. The Lord prepared a fish. See, here's the thing about God is while Jonah was running from God, while Jonah was making some bad decisions in his life, while Jonah was sleeping in the boat, while Jonah was causing people to lose their values over his decision, God made provision for Jonah's bad decision. God made provision for Jonah's bad decision before Jonah even made it. It says that God prepared a fish. Everybody say prepared one more time. God knew that Jonah was going to mess up before he even messed up. God knew that Jonah was going to run from him before he started running from him. God knew everything that was going to happen that led to this point. So years prior to where we find Jonah in the sea, God introduced the daddy whale and the mama whale. I don't know if they met at the whale club or the fish club, but some years prior to them throwing Jonah overboard, there was a guppy swimming around in the ocean. Because God knew, I've got to raise up this fish because they're going to throw my prophet. Jonah's a prophet. They're going to throw my prophet. Jonah, he can speak the future, and he sees the future based on the words and the, the downloads of God. Jonah is a prophet that was supposed to go and proclaim to Nineveh, but he ran. But upon his running, a fish was swimming to get him. Now, I did some... Uh, some uh, investigation and research about whales, whales. You just assume it's a whale. It calls it a fish, but you assume it's a whale because it's big enough to swallow a person whole. Whales have teeth. Whales have enzymes that are built to break down large bodies of fish that they eat. Whales just, they just suck in so much food, and their enzymes in their bodies, if they don't chew it, their enzymes break it down. But I thank God that whenever I've been swallowed up by whales, and you have too, that we were just swallowed and not chewed. Anybody glad that the whale didn't chew you up? That the bad decision didn't chew you up? That it just swallowed you and kept you? That There's miracles in our messes sometimes. The miracle is I didn't die when I was in my mess, but God saved me throughout the process of being in the belly of a whale. God delivered me. He could, the whale could have killed me. The, the problem that you went through could have killed you. The relationship could have broke your mind. The relationship could have broke your spirit. The disappointment could have given, caused your faith to fall. But God said, I'm going to keep you in the midst of the whale, even though where you are is not quite where you're supposed to be, you still can give praise and worship for the struggles that you've been through. You can still give praise and worship for the struggle that you're in right now. So, so, 
You need to know that we serve a proactive God. That God has been prepared for your every move. God has been prepared for everything that you've ever been through in your life. Here's something you might want to write down. When wells seem negative, God may be saying they're necessary. Maybe your negatives are necessary. Because if you ask me, if you were to ask Jonah, hey man, you want to get thrown in a well? He'd probably say no. But how many know it's necessary? The well is a bad thing only if you stay longer than God intended you to stay. The well represents transition in Jonah's life. Jonah was not in Joppa. Jonah was not in Tarshish. He wasn't fleeing from God, but he was in transition. He was not in Nineveh either. And see, that's where most people give up. Whenever they're not quite as bad as they used to be, but they're not quite everything God wants them to be. They're in transition and they get frustrated and give up because things aren't happening as fast as they thought they were going to be, they were going to be happening. See, he was no longer headed in the wrong direction, but he was, wasn't quite where God wanted him to be. And I like to call that he was in a well of a transition. He was in a well of a transition. When you're in transition, and you've heard me tell this story, I've been, I was going to the gym. I just started going back just because I got to start playing basketball. But I, I was going to the gym, and I began to, I was lifting weights, man, bench press, leg presses. I was leg extensions, man, working everything. One day, I just wanted, I was like, I'm going to go hit it all, all at one time, backs, shoulders, arms, legs, everything. And I was like, ooh, 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 and I worked hard. And the next day I went and did the same thing. And the next day I went and did the same thing. But guess what on day number four? I couldn't walk. <laughs> you know why? Because I was in transition. My muscles were growing, but I was hurting. Because I was not quite muscular, but I wasn't non-muscular. I don't know what the word is, weak. And things were growing. And I was in a season of transition where I was moving to the next level. I was going forward in, in my, my workout. I was going, and, but there came a point to where in transition, I couldn't move because I was hurting, because I was in transition. Jonah was in transition. And when you're in transition, you begin to hurt in certain places. See, see, it's, 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 it's when you're in transition, in the well of a transition, there is a place of purging that has to happen and repentance that has to happen. See, when you're in the well, you ain't got nowhere else to go. When you're in transition, all you can do is trust God. When you're in transition, all you can do is believe that God is going to take you further. And when you're in a well, things begin to happen. Things must happen. Jonah, he went into the well. He went into the well of transition with some issues. He went into the well of transition with rebellion from God. He went into the well of transition with, with his own minds and own concepts and own, own dreams and own desires. He went into the well of transition with his agenda, not God's. And when you are in the well of transition... 
That is when things begin to be purged out of your life. Because if you do not leave the old issues in the well, when you get to the next level, the new level, those old issues will always come back to haunt you. And it's the well that sets us free from the things that had us bound. It's in the well that causes us, it's in the bad seasons of life that cause us to appreciate the good things that God has given us. It's the things when we begin to experience loss that we begin to celebrate the things that we've gained. And it's, it's when we lose the unimportant things while we're in the well where we appreciate the important things because, because it's in the well where things begin to matter. And God has to deal with Jonah's current rebellion through his situation before he gets to his destination. So, 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 so he's in the well in chapter number one. He, the, by the end of chapter number one, it's, or beginning of chapter number two, it says, and Jonah prayed a prayer and the fish spit him out. Jonah chapter three, if you have it, I don't have it on the screen, but Jonah chapter three, verse one, if you have your Bibles open, I, I love this part, man. I should have put it on the screen. Jonah chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Hmm. How many appreciative of the second chances of God? Even though we fled from God, even though we ran from God, even though we had to go through hell to get to where we are right now, when we repent and we turn from our ways, there is a Jonah chapter 3, 1 available in your life where God comes to you a second time, where God says, you messed up, you messed up my first instruction, but I ain't going to give up on you. I'll come to you a second time. I'll come to you where you are a second time, and I'll come a third time, and as long as you're willing to repent, I'll show up every single time to remind you of the destiny and the calling that I put on your life. And I came to tell somebody in the building that God has not given up on you. Even if you are not where you're supposed to be, when you turn back to Jesus, he comes to you a second time. The word comes to him a second time. The Jonah goes and he actually does follow God's word. He goes to the city. He proclaims the gospel. He tells them of what's going to happen. The king repents. The city repents. God saves the entire city from destruction in chapter number three. Chapter number three, God's, Jonah steps into his purpose and he blesses and he saves an entire city. There is a benefit to you being in purpose. And then we pick up where we started at Jonah chapter 4, verse number 1. Man, you would think that Jonah, after leading an entire city to God, saving an entire city from the wrath of God, you would think that Jonah would be celebrating. But Jonah 4.1 starts out, you can throw it on the screen, Jonah 4.1 starts out, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he was angry Jonah you saved the city you proclaimed the good news of God and the city was spared but you're telling me Jonah that you became angry you're feeling angry See, the reason Jonah was angry was because he knew the people of Nineveh. 
Nineveh was governed by the Assyrians. And the Assyrians were cruel to the children of God. The Syrians were bullies to the children of God. The Syrians would go into wherever they found out the children of God were, and they would ransack the city and steal all their stuff and beat them and leave them for dead. They'd take their food. They'd destroy their crops afterwards. They, they, would, they would go and just you know, rape their wives, and they would just do terrible things to the children of God. And now I look back and say, okay, Jonah, I feel you. You were mad at the fact that God saved somebody that hurt you. You are angry. See, see, let's get back to who Jonah was. Jonah was the beneficiary of God's grace. But he didn't want the people that hurt him to be a beneficiary of God's grace. Jonah, see, see, let me tell you something. God is not an American God. God is not a Middle Eastern God. God is not an African God. God is not a Mexican God. God is God over the whole world. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. He loves the people that you hate. He loves the people that hurt you. He loves the people that hurt, that, that begin, that hurt your heart. He loves the people that broke your heart. He loves the people that hurt your feelings. He loves the people that abandon you. He loves the people that, that abused you. He loves the people that, that committed adultery on you. And Jonah was mad at God because God loved the people that Jonah despised. That's why Jonah ran the opposite direction. Because verse number two in chapter number four, throw verse number two up there. Watch this. He prayed and said, Lord, was this not what I said when I was still in my country? He said, I was, this is what I told you, God, when you told me to go. I fled to Tarshish because I knew that, next one, I knew that you were a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, the one who relents from harm. He said, I didn't want to go there because I knew you'd help them. I didn't want to, I, I didn't feel like going over there because I knew that God, you were, you were a delivering, gracious, and merciful God. I knew you'd have compassion on them. And Jonah took God's grace, but he didn't want to give God's grace. And feelings will cause us to want us to be helped by God, but not want God to help others. See, Jonah was a prophet. Jonah was a seer. He could see in the future. But the one thing he couldn't see was the pain that was controlling his heart. His feelings. He couldn't see his own feelings. The pain that they inflicted has caused him to have feelings toward them. And here's what I want you to know. You don't know what you haven't dealt with until what you haven't dealt with begins to deal with you. Your feelings left undealt with will not only affect your life, but they'll infect your life. And until you allow God to heal your heart, what, what, what 1 John 3.20 say? If our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. Until we allow God to heal our heart, our past, our pains, 
will always take issues into every place that we go to. Every undealt with issue will always show its head no matter how high you get in life, no matter how close you get to God, no matter how much you worship, no matter how much you serve, no matter how much you give, until you sin and allow God to take that pain away from you, your feelings will control your thinking. And when your feelings control your thinking, they control your talking. And when they control your talking, your feelings control your actions. And you can't just say, I forgive them and I'm over it because you're still infected. See, pain is not something that we snap our fingers and goes away. Pain is something that we allow God to walk us through the process of healing. Just like a cut on your body does not get healed when you snap your fingers, there is a process It's the same with pain in your life. And you can't just go, God, take it away. It's gone. No, God, dig deep into my soul and dig deep into my childhood. Dig deep into my first marriage. Dig deep into my broken relationship with my children. Dig deep into my self-esteem. And God, begin to pull it all up by the root. Because I'll smile on Sunday. But there is something on the inside of my heart that is causing me to feel a certain kind of way. Jonah had to have God perform heart surgery. Jonah, see, see, mind problems, emotional problems, feelings are often heart problems that have never gotten healed. And we make other people pay for the pain that we're feeling. But before God can renew our lives, he has to renew our heart. And that requires being healed from your hurts. An unacknowledged hurt cannot be healed. We have got to say, God, I feel this way because my heart is this way. And this is for your marriage for your relationships in every area of your life. We're only willing to give so much because if we give too much, our feelings might get hurt. But that's because we feel that way because our heart is still hurt. And I came to talk to you today and offer you a remedy. Understand that 1 John 3.20, even though your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart. God is greater than your heart. God is greater than every pain that you've been inflicted. God is greater than every feeling that you feel. God says, in Hebrews it says, we do not serve a God that cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities. Feeling is okay. Feelings are great indicators in life, but they're terrible masters. And we've been letting our feelings be our master. We've been following our feelings instead of following God. And the remedy to all of this is, search me, God. Heal my heart. And when you heal my heart, my home will be healed. Let's all stand together.